Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 286. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful Clayton of Ensign Services. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, actually, Clayton is under their people development coordination. And so we just really want to just say thank you for him for coming in. He's a busy individual, but I got a lot out of it and our conversation as well. And he's also someone that's just fun to talk to so that we hope that you guys enjoy enjoy this podcast and we'll also in turn we'll go over to the links and go follow those as well so we will move on to the business side you can hear every episode of finding arizona podcast at finding podcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so drop us a line at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com also we would encourage you guys to sign up for the newsletter and go over to the blog the newsletter is a little bit more of the official things going on and the blog is a little bit more of the personal touch if you want to be a super fan you can go do so at patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast there you'll sign up for one of the tiers we say thank you to that and then in return we give you some bonus content there you will be able to sign up and share one of uh see one of our podcast called uh fine examination it is kind of our extra bonus podcast that we do with every person who comes in through our doors so it is a fun little palate cleanser for them but it's also an enjoyable way for you guys to catch up and learn more about these individuals so we only give it to you available at patreon.com slash finding yours at a podcast there I hope that you guys will encourage yourselves to go to all the other links and all the other pieces of content that we have available to you guys. So that concludes. I just also want to state too that we're building a lot more now. Um, I just have a lot more uh, time and thoughts about you know fatherhood and a lot of other things going on in my life. And I should encourage you guys to go check out something new in uh, my little branch of things that I'm doing uh, behind the scenes. I have put out a first episode called the Pro Dads Podcast. It is a podcast where we uh, go back and actually it's a friend of mine from my childhood and we are both in the dad life and we also are sharing what's going on in our lives and just also what we're into because we're also (laughs) guys who are into pro sports as well. So this is kind of like just all around just dad podcasts and we hope that you guys will join Join us, prodadpodcast.com, prodadpodcast under Instagram, prodadpodcast under YouTube as well. So we hope that you guys will join us on that one. That is a little side project that I've been working on, but that will also just entail right back to what we want to do is encourage you guys to go over to all the links and share the content as well. And so that will lead us into my favorite part of the intro, which is the community cork board. Send us a line again over at findingarizonapodcast at gmail.com. They will set you up with a shout out. We only have one real big event going on, and that is something called the 80s Movies Trivia Night over at the Alamo Draft House in Cin- uh, <laughs> at Gilbert, Arizona. And their cinema house is really something that uh, I encourage you guys to go check out because they do a lot of cool little local events there in Gilbert. And it's something that um, is always fun to do over at the Alamo Draft House. They do a lot of cool events like this. So wax on, wax off. It's an 80s movie night uh, going down Wednesday, June 16th at 7 p.m. Get your tickets online. Uh, We hope that you guys will reserve your spots because you will only be able to get teams of six involved. Um, because they are doing COVID protocol. 
that will conclude our little spiel here for them and say we want to encourage more of you guys to host events and just get really back in there we've started to see an influx from uh, community leaders doing events and that is because of all the vaccinations and all the rules lightening up um, I just knew this day would come I was very encouraged by a lot of the community leaders who are sticking it out for the best of it and so I hope hope that you guys will do more and more events like this and it'll pick up more and more and uh, look out for that stuff and let us know so that I can shout it out and let everyone know. So again, finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com. We will shout out any event. And then also I want to say thank you to everyone who's always been following us. We're really encouraged by what's coming up down the future. A lot of stuff going down live uh, streams, all sorts of stuff. So again, uh, we have the pro dads podcast. We have finding Arizona podcast we now have two podcasts that are going simultaneously and we only have more to come so that being said this concludes our little intro this is episode 286 inside services we will see you on the next one Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Finding Arizona podcast. As always, we bring in special guests every week, and today is no different. I'm going to let Clay here introduce himself and what he does because he's um, part of a bigger umbrella corporation, so I don't want to get the titles wrong or mixed up. So go ahead, Clay. Yeah, so I'm I'm the chief human capital officer for an organization called Ensign Services. Uh, we're one of the largest organizations that you've probably never heard of, and it's because we are... Uh, I actually, I work for a service company that serves about 230 to 240 independent, independently owned, uh, you know, their own separate legal entity, skilled nursing facility companies, assisted livings and others. So I'm in charge of our, our leadership development, recruiting, retention and other things like that. That's incredible to hear. I mean, just the amount of um, kind of protocols and things that go into a facility like this on on top of making sure everyone's kind of on the same page as far as what needs to be done on a daily basis. I mean, just like it just seems so... uh, so daunting of a task to kind of give leadership to all of these independent entities and make sure that they're kind of uh, stepping up to the task, so to speak. So, yeah, it's probably, it's probably less daunting um, than, than you would imagine because of our model. And, and I guess I would, we're, we're very unique in that we are, um, we're the only large organization in long-term care that is actually succeeding right now. That if you, oh. if you look at our stock compared to anybody else, others are either delisting or they're trading at a dollar a share or, or yeah. really yeah. struggling to get by. And we quarter over quarter continue to improve our results. Uh, something to the effect that uh, Mark Parkinson, who's the former governor of Kansas and the current president of ACA, so which is the trade association that most of our, our organizations organizations belong to yeah. has referred to us as the great hope of the industry. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful and, to hear. And so it's more, I, I teach a lot of correct principles to yeah. our leaders, but we then allow them to govern themselves. They, they, they are ones, they operate their separate entities. Um, 
you know, it's different to run a facility in Phoenix, frankly, even than it is to run one in Tucson. And it's different to run one in California than it is in South Carolina. So our model is you decide what vendors you use. You decide what you pay your employees. This is your company. So you run with it and we'll provide resources to help you out. Wonderful. Well, Clay, I wanted to take this moment to kind of just kind of backtrack. And and I want to ask you the question that we now started to ask a lot of the people who come on our show is just take a moment and just ask you how you and your family have been during the pandemic and just kind of the the overall changes that have kind of uh, come apart or come about because of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for me, things have been fairly normal other than I don't travel, but but when you run skilled nursing facilities during a pandemic, you don't really get to work from home. Okay. And so I actually haven't worked a day from home in, a, in any of this time, right? And, and yeah. so, so we go in and we know that our caregivers have to be there. And so we make sure that we are there for them. And that's, that's sort of our been, been our philosophy. Uh, but but with, with four kids, I mean, one that uh, just started college. And so his, uh, his first year of college was basically living in a dorm room because yeah. so much of his classes were online. And then uh, uh, one child in high school, one in junior high and nice. and one in first grade. So it's, they, they've sort of, uh, the first grader, I'm not sure really understands what schooling is yeah. for the most part, because she's basically been homeschooled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, First off, let me just say, with that many kids, I have a lot to learn from you. I just like want to say that first off, because I'm, as most people know, who are listening to this podcast, I do have a newborn. So as I'm starting to get to understand his, his world and what he's learning and kind of being a part of that process, I'm always taking in little tidbits from dads here and there just to like help me understand, uh, you know, little helpful hints or something to help me down the road. So you have all age ranges. (laughs) I know um, just kind of like that, it's it's tough to kind of, you know, help each one in that different age group. You know what, though? You'll hear from so many people, oh, just enjoy it now. It gets so much harder. This happens. And and what I'd say to you, and, and they probably said that to you before he was yeah. born, right? They yeah, said, yeah. get your sleep because you're going to not get your sleep. And they yeah. kind of warned you. The reality is, is now that you had him, it's awesome. Yeah. And the next stage is going to be awesome. And the stage after that is going to be awesome. And you're just going to enjoy each one. And so I Agreed. I always I always just say to all of those that are, are telling you, oh, be prepared. It's going to get a lot harder. I just say, you know, just enjoy it. Just, yeah, just love that guy. And I, I always say that the, that's that's when I experienced love at first sight was when I see my kids for the first oh. time. You're just yeah. like, I would die for you. That's yeah, exa- exactly. I agreed. I mean, that was just an incredible moment when uh when that happened for myself. So thank you. I, I really do appreciate. I, I just wanted to make that clear. It's like yeah. I really do enjoy when I see or meet a father of many children of different age groups that like you've been through it all. You've struggled through the struggles and well, you should talk to my parents. I'm the tenth of eleven children. Oh. So uh, you can <laughs> there's a lot more expertise behind that. So yep. Yep, exactly. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next question that we used to ask everyone, which is uh, kind of give us your origin story. You know that this is something I know that unique to the overall umbrella and ensign services. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to know your story and how you got to where you are today and kind of how this came about in your life. So I'm an accountant. Oh. And uh, and and that's uh, I. I uh, 
I, I went to school, not sure what I wanted to do, first thinking that I wanted to go into political science because I wanted to be in politics. And then I realized I didn't have a stomach for politics and gotcha. uh, didn't want to have to play those games. And then I thought about uh, economics and I thought about communications. And, and I talked to a man, uh, and a lot of your listeners will know who this person is, but his name was Stephen Covey. He's passed away since then, but he's the okay. author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and gotcha. Was, gotcha. was a good friend of my, my dad's. Wonderful. And he said, he said, Clay, whatever you go into, if, you, if you're not sure what you want to go into, just study something that that could give you a broad range of opportunities. And I thought, well, I'm good at math, although that's not really what it takes to be an accountant. But I, I, I started kind of becoming interested in that in that area. But I studied accounting, not necessarily planning on being an accountant. Sure. I started off in accounting, then I uh, became a little bit entrepreneurial before I came across the Ensign Group, and okay. uh, then I, I did the administrator and training program, and eventually ran facilities in different states. Um, I, I left Ensign for a, a per period of time and started my own companies. I've owned my own skilled nursing facility companies and home health companies. Gotcha. And I also taught religion in junior college for about seven years. So I have a really oh, weird, diverse yeah. background. Very, very broad. <laughs> that is so, <laughs> and, that's so uh, interesting. And, and then Ensign came back to me and I, I, yeah. I'm in my current role as of about five years ago. Wow, way to like make those leaps and jumps and <laughs> let them interconnect that way. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that there's kind of a, a, a really a, a through line through all of that. There's got to be some through line if you really think about it. Like something happened where this kind of just changed me here. Yeah, pushed me yeah here. exactly. I have an undergrad in accounting and a master's in religious studies with an emphasis in Sahidic Coptic. <laughs> And so, so the interesting thing is the role that I'm in now really has been perfect, a perfect melding of all of my background of yeah. accounting, of healthcare administration, of teaching and training, because I train our trainers as well. Yeah. And it's, it's actually just, it's sort of the perfect landing yeah, exactly. You're in the right spot and it's wonderful <laughs> yeah. for you. Um, so let me ask you this. I'm kind of curious um, now that, you know, things are picking back up from the changes that pen, the pandemic has brought to our lives. Mm -hmm. And I always been interested in kind of the effects and the, one of the first effects of course is healthcare. Um, you know, I know personally what you guys had to go through um, just through the conversations with my wife and what they yeah. had to, what the process had to change. Um, can you give us some insight and in how the early stages worked out and then where you guys are today? Yeah, I mean, all, all of these things that sometimes are difficult to handle, like a nursing shortage or or a pandemic or, mm -hmm. or all of the things that we face, we try to look at them as blessings. So, okay. so what the pandemic has done for us is it's really made us hone in on our infection control policies yeah. and procedures. And, and we're a lot better in those areas because we were almost forced to be better. We're our our turnover is so much better in our organization than most of our competitors because gotcha. the nursing shortage has forced us to to become those people that that really cherish and take care of their nurses and their caregivers and yeah. and so so you know we like everybody else started off um, kind of deer in the headlights and thinking, okay, what do we do? We don't know what's going to be happening next and yeah. and how do we compensate for this? But our recovery has been so much faster because 
because our leaders are able to adapt and adjust without going through all this red tape that typical corporations might need to go through because they're their own separate legal entities. Yep. We don't exactly. need to get approval to change what they do in a wing or to, mm-hmm. to, to say, hey, do we accept COVID patients? Do we not accept COVID patients? And I, and I just feel like, you know, people use the phrase the new normal, right? I mean, yeah. we, you know, things will change and things will adjust. Our mentality is we just know there's going to be something else over the horizon and we just want to be prepared for the unexpected always exactly yeah so that it doesn't shock us yeah and i think as a third party bystander who just you know through conversations and just kind of overseeing her day to day yeah kind of her overall expressions and how she's feeling day in and day out you know it's it's tough it's it's a hard yeah. it's a hard, like you said early exhausted yeah and and i think that that something that i notice is that yes you guys did have the flexibility and kind of everyone had the that worked mm-hmm. with you guys had the flexibility to do what you said have the uh process change quickly on a dime and be able to um make those pivots uh on their own and and use those um proper leadership tools to move forward yeah here's the other thing too that I'll say on a more personal level um you know we we have influence over tens of thousands of employees and and across the united states yeah just the amazing stories the 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 bravery the not not just nurses and cnas but housekeepers and laundry yeah. workers and dietary aides that that when everybody else is saying i'm staying home i'm not going anywhere they go into those facilities every day and the sacrifices that some of them have made i i know nurses that that didn't see their kids for like six or seven weeks yeah. because of concerns with the kids and concerns of the, but they didn't shirk their duties yep. of going there. And I, I've left this whole final year just in awe uh, and just so grateful for these caregivers yeah. that, that I were just so much even more brave than I, than I realized they were. <laughs> exactly. I think that that's one thing that we can take solace in kind of these and the harsh moments is the ones who step up and kind of, you know, show what the human heart can, can accomplish in those moments. It's just, you know, from my from my perspective as someone who interviews um, entrepreneurs and business owners and just kind of yeah. seeing how resilient they are by um, huddling together and, and using the network that they have and provided for themselves and just kind of really tighten up and, and make sure that everyone's uh, protected and helping one another. So that's kind of something that I've noticed. Yeah. I'll, I'll butcher this quote cause it's off the cuff, but it was, I believe it was Mr. Rogers. Uh, he, he was interviewed and you know, the old uh, kids show, Mr. Rogers, you yeah. might not know who that is, but. Uh, oh no, I do. <laughs> I, I, I caught a couple no, my parents were definitely, no, <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, the, my parents were one of those individuals. My mom grew up on the Indian reservation, so there weren't many channels. Oh, interesting. guess was the main one. And so she yeah. was a Mr. Rogers. So fan. you know, you're Mr. Rogers. So I Mr. Did. Rogers, what, what, he told a story, uh, um, a while back where he said his mother had told him, if you look at tragedies, look closely because mm-hmm. you're always going to find the helpers. You, you, everybody else sees the tragedy, but if you look a little bit closer, you're going to see people that are Absolutely. going, you know, into the burning building, those yeah. that are, are going. And, and he says, always look for the helpers and be grateful for the helpers. And Absolutely. I, that, that's what we discovered. 
Absolutely. 100%. I agree. And I, I imagine for someone like you, who is facilitating these kind of big talks and kind of large phone calls with um, big squads of people probably listening, you know, how do you kind of manage your insight or kind of put your brain on this pedestal where you have to kind of motivate and trigger or even help these individuals who are facing these um, hard times and struggles like that? I think the first thing I'd say is I wouldn't put my brain on a pedestal. My philosophy in teaching and training is very much to start with questions. And, and when I ask questions of my people, I don't ask questions that I think have a right or a wrong answer or that I think are going to lead them to my way of thinking. I ask genuine open-ended questions that whose answers are very debatable. Okay. And then I learn from the people that, that, you know, the, the CNA in, in Topeka, Kansas, or mm -hmm. the, you know, in, in Nebraska or South Carolina or the housekeeper that's in, in West Texas, they've seen things and they've realized things. And, and when I recognize their genius, I sort of feel like my job is just to shine a light on that genius that I discover in other places. I almost feel like I'm a professional plagiarizer because I just find genius all around me. And I say, look over there, what yeah. he said, that, what she said, that. I feel like that too sometimes. That's how I feel about this because I'm the one that's the the cheerleader for the yeah. people who are just like little quiet, um, bumble, you know, just little quiet things. And they really need to to be cherished and, and shown that kind of these are diamonds in the rough. They, they, yeah. they need to shine. And so I agree with you. I'm definitely like the cheerleader and the just rooting for these people to like just step up, just be heard and let your voice be heard. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I, I really find it encouraging that you have um for this many years and kind of how long you've lasted in a business like this that you know the, it it can for some it can be hard like you said to hear the tragedies and hear the hard stories but like like you also said the mr rogers quote is i imagine that you've it's the hardest it's the hardest and the most rewarding job i've ever had was yeah. running a skilled nursing facility it's the only job that's made me cry <laughs> um, you know, it's the only job where I've just thought, I mean, honestly, for the first year, I would go home thinking, I don't think I can do this mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. And, and, and coming to realize, though, I mean, we talk about the caregivers during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to picture these elderly that are that are in their rooms and and nobody's allowed to visit them. Yeah. At the time, no, and they were so alone, and some of them were dying alone, and and just the fear that they had, and and how scary that was. Your heart just breaks. Now, now our job is to be their world. We're we're the only relationships they have for a particular period of time. Yeah. So we're their world, and when you recognize that, you think I can't. I can't be discouraged. I can't get down. I'm sort of like Mickey Mouse at Disneyland. I've got to be on stage and I've got to be happy for them no matter yeah. what I'm going through. When you go to Disneyland, Mickey Mouse doesn't ever tell you, yeah, I just broke up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whatever. And you don't, you don't hear Mickey yeah. Mouse is on stage there to cheer up the kids. And that's who we are in this industry. We're no matter what we're going through at home, we've got to be there for those patients, those residents that are scared and, and yeah going through something they're not used to either. Yeah. And now like you brought up the, the kind of the parallels um, other side of the coin is 
the patient side and how that things have changed for them as well. So kind of want to bring that up for you and just kind of ask you really quick from your perspective and your, your specialty, uh, what has Enzyme as a service um, can provide and, and bring solace to a patient who may have some fears or um, some concerns? See, and again, that's the thing. What, to, to correct your question a little bit, okay. there won't be really anything that Ensign does. There will be something that Chandler Post-Acute Care in Chandler, yes, Arizona exactly. has Sorry. that freedom to do. And, 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 and the reality is the genius does come from them. See, see when you move authority to where the information is, mm-hmm. In most organizations, authority is at the top of this triangle, right? It's It's in a position like mine, a chief people officer that comes in and says, well, I'm in my position because I'm really smart. Now you will listen to my great ideas. And, and we say, that's not us. We know, you know how to take care of your patients best. And so we discover all of these things we've had, We've had, uh, oh, the, the boxer uh, George Foreman in one mm-hmm. of our Texas facilities calling out bingo numbers on, on uh, and the patients were just so excited. They knew who this guy was, yeah. and he's volunteering his time, and he's, awesome. he's calling out the bingo numbers, and, and we had facilities that were coming up with creative ways to, to get uh, grandparents to be able to see their granddaughter's wedding, and oh, we that's just awesome. saw people going above and beyond creating moments of truth left and right mm-hmm. to to bring a little bit of light and joy to people who who were afraid and they have the best ideas the best ideas were yeah. coming from these housekeepers and laundry workers and cnas <laughs> and floor nurses absolutely was there any time uh, you know that you kind of um i guess a, a huge learning experience just kind of in this, in this period that you just want to take away and give to people for, for your own sake, just kind of something that you learned throughout, like something other than what we've learned from the nurses and, and just kind of maybe a little motto or mantra. You know, I've learned that when I look at people, when I change the way that I look at people, the people that I look at change. Let me, let me explain that a little okay. bit better. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes we look at people, you, you get on the subway in New York City or you get on a bus and you, you're kind of looking around at people and their heads are down and you, you maybe pass judgment about them and, oh, they're just doing this or on the daily mm-hmm. grind, they're unhappy, they might be this, they might be that. Yes. When I change the stories that I tell myself about people, like instead of this CNA that that is late a lot, and I and I think or roll my eyes and think they don't care enough or they don't they they mm-hmm. need they're not very hard workers. And I think you know what they are probably fighting so hard to provide for their family and do the best job that they can. And when I start to see them as great people, yeah, they start to act more like great people. See, I always thought it was verse. I always thought people needed to act like great people. Yeah. And then I would see them that way. I've learned that when I change how I see them, mm-hmm. they will 95% of the time rise up to that level that I see them. Does awesome. that make sense? Yes, when that I, does make sense. The way I see people, the people I see change. And that's, that's awesome. been a huge epiphany because I've just seen people elevated beyond what I ever thought they could be. 
You know what? There's something I want to ask you just from a personal level, because someone like yourself sounds like I I, want to know if there's any routines that you kind of keep that um, that you want to just kind of share with us for a moment, just for your own personal, um, you know, what you do for yourself. Is there any kind of things that you do either in the morning or in the evening that you like to keep and, and be a part of your daily routine? Uh, so I, I'm a believer that, uh, that some of the best thinking happens in the early morning hours. Sure. I'm not, that's different than I am a morning person. <laughs> okay. I, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> I understand completely. Those, Those two are things two are different. different. <laughs> so, so, um, there, there's maybe a time where I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I do pray. I pray every day in the morning and at night. Perfectly. Um, and, and that's, that's, you know, whether you want to call that meditation or, or, mm-hmm. but, but it's just sort of a, um, you know, a routine. Yeah. I, I like to read every day. Awesome. So one of our core values is, and, and by the way, I think, I think doing it in the morning is one of the best <laughs> times to do it. I, Retain I'm it. not trying to totally <laughs> micromanage everything, but it, I, I think that matters because for us, one of our seven core values is passion for learning. Absolutely. That, that we can't sit there and say, Hey, we're doing better than everybody else now. So we've arrived. We've got it. We've got the magic sauce. Mm-hmm. We, things are going to be different five years from now. And mm-hmm. so we've got to be learning how to be the best yeah. five years from now as well. And so reading, uh, and then I, I'm a, I'm an exerciser. I don't like to do it. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do exercise every day. I do yeah. it to stay alive, not because I get some rush out of it. Yeah. Um, there's a quote now I got for you and it's, I'll, I'll butcher it too, but it's from Bob Iker. He's like, uh, I think he said, I do, I exercise for three reasons. One is for vanity. One is for health. And one is for, to, um, maintain some kind of like mental fortitude to like strengthen the, yeah. the kind of endurance of, you know, what you can face in front of you, the difficulties at the task at hand. Uh, so it's like, I, hey, if Bob Iger can can spit out a quote like that, I'm I'm all for it. So yeah, well, I mean, I know quote. a lot of people that it's really just mental. That's why yeah. they do it. They just they they if they don't do it, you know, things yeah. aren't right for yeah. them. I, I completely understand, and I want to thank you. It's just because I was curious, as someone like yourself, who's, I mean, you seem like you have a lot of energy, and you, know, you have an energetic smile, and you just someone who's just bright and and energized. Um, there's a level of routineness, like some some people like like you said, meditation or prayer, and then like the exercising thing. So I'm just kind of curious what those routines were, just because I'm always just fascinated by what people do to to keep their mental and their physical kind of balanced yeah roll out of bed prayer is the first thing that i do uh then i then i go and exercise and and uh and read and and then the rest of the day goes on here's my next question because you did bring up the reading part is the the your specialty is kind of unique in the sense of like you know leadership and these what was the last book you read so I, i i it's one I read a wide variety of books. Um, You know, I think I told you that my undergrads in accounting and my my uh, master's from Claremont Graduate University is in religious studies with emphasis in Sahidic Coptic and other religions. And so I I have a weird mind that likes all sorts of books. I recently read a book called uh, The Pilgrim Hypothesis. Which Ooh, nice. really has nothing to do with uh, with with leadership development or anything <laughs> like that. But I love books by Patrick Lencioni. Okay. Uh, Five dysfunctions of a team, three signs of a miserable job, uh, the motive, uh, the ideal team player. 
he's nice. just somebody he's an entertaining writer okay. who teaches great principles of leadership i'm a big jim collins fan uh good to great great by choice yep. um a lot of those books are are uh and then um and then there's a, a book that I love by Liz Weissman uh, called Multipliers. I've heard of and, this one. And it's, and have you, do you know Multipliers? Yes, uh, yes, I've heard of this one before. I haven't read it, but I've heard of the, and I've seen the cover. So Multipliers is all about, you know, are you a multiplier or a diminisher? And I, I yes. think, I think the book is, is pretty powerful because as you read it, you, you realize all the things you've been doing that you think were really good are actually diminishing people around you. Gotcha. You know, am I a, uh, yeah, I love sports. So I, I was never a Michael Jordan fan because I was always a Laker fan or whoever gotcha. Michael Jordan was beating, but, but Michael Jordan made teammates better. Yes. Michael Jordan made Luke Longley look like an all-star mm -hmm. despite the fact that Luke Longley probably no offense Australians but what probably was not was not an all-star yes and 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 so and then some players are just really good but the players around them aren't all that great yeah and so that's the it's some in leadership am I somebody that multiplies myself and gets the best out of people around me Beautiful. or am I somebody that is really great but it diminishes everyone else around me. Exactly. There's a big, uh, I don't know if, if you saw the documentary about Michael where he goes I into, did. yeah, the, that was, the ESPN one. Yeah. yeah. The ESPN one. And that beautiful, like I'm, I'm a big junkie uh, film fanatic and I just watch a lot of film and all sorts of stuff. But like this doc got to me in the sense that like my father was a big Chicago fan. Um, so okay. he really did enjoy Michael. And so just to see this great, player kind of explain why he did what he did and why he chose to 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 reinforce the same thing on the other players it was just beautiful to him take that moment to kind of like look i played the way i played because that's how i play if you don't want to play that way you don't have to and you could just see in the moment where he realized how many relationships or how many people if he's in his life he's affected because of this one thing in his life. And yeah. it's just like, he took it all in and it almost like, he's like cut. Like I, I need to take a moment. And it's just like, it was beautiful. He got was emotional. Like, yeah. Right. He got emotional behind it. So yeah, I definitely love those. It, it, the, the, that level of like, I feel like that same thing kind of brings out the joy in the fan as well. When you see someone who's skilled enough to let go of the selfishness and kind of pass the ball and make others better around him, you see the level of uh, joy in the team. And then you see a level, a level of demeanor with that team get better and into the affect the fans as well. Because in reality with somebody like Michael Jordan, if you're not lifting your level, you're going to be very uncomfortable playing with him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because, exactly. if it, and, and we find leaders like this. We, we find leaders that, that frankly, just by putting them in a facility, the attitude of the facility changes because yeah. people just believe them. I, I, I'm a believer that, you know, go to the football analogy. I think sometimes the right quarterback, who's an amazing leader 
can make a defense better. Absolutely. Even though they don't play defense, yep. they can make the defense better because there's a belief that belief in a leader shines through. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're on Michael Jordan's team, you sit there saying, okay, I better help us win a championship <laughs> or I better get off. This bench. Yeah, exactly. I got to put in my time. And here's the other thing I can give you the, the numbers behind it. If you, you know, let's say your offense is this periodic t- amount of time on the field, your defense is, is, is fluctuating waiting from right. that time so right. you know let's say you're on the on the offense a lot more because you're having a hard time getting to the end zone your defense is getting cold and less warm they're not as you know agile or they're getting frustrated because they're sitting on the sideline not doing defensive work you know yeah. all of these kind of come into play things like that and so it's like the leader the person who's you know the quarterback who's you know the the big uh, person in charge and affecting that time clock you know that all comes into play too. And so to even go even further, Tom Brady was what picked, we picked the number. I think he was like like six rounds. Yeah. Six Six round. round, Yeah. yeah, Something like that. And to have as many championships and to affect as many teammates (laughs) as he have, I mean, that speaks for itself. But, but here's, here's something else that's interesting. If you take this same, if you take this same symbolism and you go back to multipliers with Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. look at the games where Michael Jordan scored 60 plus points. They usually lost those games. Yep. Yep. So, so there is something there. There are times when a leader almost needs to decrease a little bit so mm-hmm. that others can be multiplied and yeah. can be elevated. Exactly. And there's a balance. There's a principle there that it can't be. Uh, they actually, the book quotes, uh, I believe it, at the beginning of the book quotes uh, uh, or tells a story about Magic Johnson when he was in high school mm-hmm. and how Magic Johnson used to score, you know, 50, 60 points a game. And he realized all of his teammates didn't feel like the win was theirs. It was Irvin Johnson's win. And, and so, you know, he determined in a parking lot one night that instead of him scoring 60 points, he wanted to be better at helping everyone else score 20 points each. And that changed his game. It it really did too. in the point where if you look at the way he plays and just the kind of level of joy and like just the level of just, uh, viciousness in two that he lo- he has fun while he's playing with his teammates. He was having wow. fun, but he had a killer instinct. Yeah, it, just it's it's so incredible, and I really do appreciate the time that you've given us, Clay. So I usually leave the end portion here to kind of look towards the future and kind yeah. of what you yourself. Um, can you give us a little bit what you hope to see in the future, not only in your own business but in your own personal growth? Yeah, I, you know, first of all, with the business and with the industry as a whole, um, we've had a mission for 21 years now that we want to dignify post-acute care in the eyes of the world. That, yeah. that It's an industry that doesn't, it's not met with a lot of dignity. People don't talk about the industry and think, oh, that's just the luxurious place to be. That's, yeah. that's what we want. And we haven't achieved that mission, but we're a lot closer to it than we used to be. Beautiful. And and we're excited. We're, we're excited that we're not where we used to be, and we're really excited for for where we can be and the direction that we're headed in. And yeah. And and I'm hoping in the next twenty years we can kind of look up and say we really have brought dignity to this industry, and and, and that's the hope. And at the same time, I, I think I think personally, it it's, it almost sounds like it's not a personal goal, but I want to create as many 
I don't want to say me's, but people that are better than me around me as much as I can. I I, I want to look back on my life and sort of look at just all of these people that are doing great things and be able to say, oh, I got to work with him. I got to mentor her. I got to, I got to spend time with this person. I, I, I think it all needs to center around our relationships and, and, being able to look back and feel like I left them better than I found them. Yeah. And and that's why I think people development has, has been my passion. I love it. And you want, it sounds like you want to be the amazing multiplier, like the multiplier. And so I think that you're on the right track. Like I think that there's something that says a lot about someone who is in your position that wants to leave that legacy behind. I think for someone who myself day in and day out, meets new people and makes a new friend uh, with every episode, you know, that I want to, I want to say the exact same thing. I want to leave a place where there's a network of individuals who's been affected by our podcast that, you know, that has been joyous to be on it or, you know, been affected in a positive manner. So I, I feel glad to know someone of the same stature that wants that same thing. So thank you again for coming on our show. Yeah, you bet. And we, we really appreciate having your wife on our team as well. Oh, thank you very much. She'll, she'll, she's going to be glad to hear that. And then uh, before we go, uh, I do leave it, uh, this end portion to someone or yourself, if you can let us know where the individual who's listening, uh, any website names or social media, anything that you have available for them to go look up really quickly, go ahead and say it right here. So we do, I have a podcast right now, right now it's called uh, Ensign Services and it's oh, got awesome. a little three squiggly line logo yeah. and it's a leadership development podcast. It's Wonderful. a, it's a podcast where, where, you know, we pick little principles of, you know, it could be sometimes how to interview more effectively or maybe how to be a multiplier or how to uh, be a level five leader. Um and uh, so, so we have that podcast out there that uh, is is really meant to just help our Great. leaders develop themselves. But we have lots of outside listeners that have gotten on and and been enjoying it. I will. I really do enjoy that. I, any excuse to do a podcast, I am all for. I just really do enjoy hearing people enjoy listening and doing podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's thank you. Good. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that, Clay. And then before you go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So let us know if you want to hear someone like Clay or someone in the same field as Clay at Finding Arizona Podcast under uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, with that, we say good night to all of you listening and good night to Clay here. Thank you so much for being on the show. We will see you all on the next episode. Good night. All right. Thank you.